Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. From deep in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast 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 has gone before. There we go. <laughs> what it's are a, it's a pod far exactly? <laughs> what are Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford up to this week in the latest episode entitled "Temporal Edict"? Well, let's find out. My name is Dan Davidson. I can't talk, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek Lower Decks, presented by Fansets. Each week, we're going to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it, because we like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are dishing it out. And who might my crew be? Well, it's time to bring them all in right now. First up... When she isn't drinking beer and lending her musical voice to the popular Rewind, the hot mess Star Trek podcast, right here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, she's usually busy drinking beer and creating new works of Star Trek embroidered art. She's always drinking beer. She is the multi-talented and oh-so-wonderful Sarah. Welcome aboard for week three, Sarah. Thanks. I wish I had a, I could do the cracking sound of a beer can right now, but no, I don't have it. There you go. Okay. And next up, uh, um, you know, he's a longtime friend. He is a producer on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. His lower deck avatar has a green uniform. And after several boots of beer, his face starts to turn that same shade. Uh, He is the beautiful and viridescent Casey Shasky. Good to have you on board, buddy. Thank you all. It's wonderful to be here today. Boots up, babies. Boots up. It's always good to see you, man. And finally... This guy needs no introduction at all. He is the loci to my Beal. He is Duras to my Worf. He is Finnegan to my Kirk. But most important, he's my brother in Trek, my dear friend, and someone who is not dangerous. He is Bill Smith. Sorry, Bill. I had to throw it in there. How are you doing, buddy? I'm great. I only have a contractual obligation that my parole officer said I had to be here today. So um, <laughs> let, let's get this going. No, it's great to be here with Casey and Sarah. that's true that's so true point taken wow okay well it's good to have you all three of you here uh week three temporal edict is in the book so we're going to talk about it this week um as we are three weeks into uh discovering trek lower decks we're going to throw something new in for for week three uh a lot of people in starfleet except maybe mariner rank is very important and as a matter of fact ransom had a very um specific comment about rank this week so uh we're gonna rank temporal edict right now um so panel on a scale of one to four pips and you can use a half pip if you would like uh no spoilers just high level thoughts on the episode sarah let's start with you name rank check off pavel rank admiral 
I'm going to go with a three and a half. This was my favorite episode so far. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty high. Casey, what do you got, man? Absolutely. I agree with Sarah. I give it three and a half pips because we got a lot more uh, character development in this episode. Loved it. Okay. And Bill, what do you got? Far be it for me to stop a speeding train. Three and a half pips. We're going uh, Junior Captain here. Junior uh, this is a fantastic little episode. All right. I'm a little lower than you guys. I loved it. I thought it was great. I gave it three out of four, which is Ugh. very respectable. Such a Richard. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, what can I say? I, I can't, you know, I'm just not, I'm not a lemming like the, the other guys are because they follow Sarah. Anyway. That's what we got for rank. <laughs> wow, <laughs> being huffy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was it was a great episode, and I can't uh, I can't wait to talk about it in uh, more detail. So, Bill, uh, before you dazzle us with the patented Discovering Trek six sentence recap, why don't you remind everyone how they can set their clocks to tell us their thoughts on Temporal Edict? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Well, on both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. In both of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, or tell us what you might do with all your spare time on board the Cerritos. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button on the right-hand side. Please remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Dan? Thank you, Bill. Black Alert. Black alert. From here on in, folks, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode three of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Head on over to Casey's house and pull up CBS All Access or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for Temporal Edict. <laughs> It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the Six Sentence Recap, starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. Okay, here we go. The Lower Deckers are getting tasks done while also peppering in their buffer time. The captain finds out about buffer time from Boimler and issues some pretty strict tasks and timing. Ransom and Mariner take a shuttle down to the planet and mess up a second contact, which causes them to be thrown in jail, and someone has to endure a trial by combat. The Cerritos is overrun by aliens from the planet because people are too busy performing tasks on a very tight schedule. Ransom stabs Mariner in the foot and takes on the trial by combat, emerging victorious. And lastly... Boimler helps Captain Freeman to realize that the crew needs to be trusted and allowed to take time to do nothing sometimes, which earns him a plaque and the captain's respect. Oh, this just in. From Podfleet Command, we have a bonus Discovering Trek exclusive sixth sentence this week. Sorry, seventh sentence. I can't even count. It's so awesome. It is awesome. And here is sentence number seven this week. Stop. Buffer time. Sorry, I had to do that. You are so fired. I'm not uh, sorry at all. I love that you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for those great eight sentences. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it seven? Or was it six? I don't even know. I don't even know. Dan can't talk. Bill can't count. (laughs) My gosh. Just (laughs) shocking. Um, Thank you, Bill. That was great. 
Thank those you, are, Sarah. Those were six, seven, eight really important important messages made. Um, <laughs> but, you know, let's follow it up with something even more magical. Let's go to Casey's Cornea Corner. This is where he's going to, like, find all the cool stuff that I never pay attention to and notice. So this is, like, the most helpful thing ever. Please, Casey, over to you. Would you look at that? Ah, oh, thank you, Sarah. It's good to talk with you on oh, this podcast. Yeah, same Wow. What the hell? You I know guys the, know the truth. The noobs are taking it away. I, I know, really. Yeah. Don't you know it? <laughs> well, there were tons of great stuff, and I got to say, I'm going to just bop around the whole episode this week instead of going chronologically, and I found that Boimler, this is a very musical episode for him. He hums the TNG theme in the turbo lift, right? Makes up his cute little purging song while doing that. Plays the violin, has Celtic music playing as he strolls down the hallway, and Boimler seems to live for Riverdance. <laughs> so does Dan. Uh, it's, hey. not tr- it's not untrue. It's not untrue, Dan. You are the second lord of the dance, my friend. Thank you. Thank but you. did you guys know Riverdance is rooted in a three-part suite of Baroque-influenced traditional music called Time Dance, and that Time Dance was composed recorded and performed for the 1981 European Song Contest? No. No, you didn't. So, yeah, yeah, ding dong. It's <laughs> fantastic. I think, I think my ears are Baroque. Thank you. Play, Your mouth is Baroque. Ba-doom, boom. Ba-doom, boom. We find out that Mariner and Tendi are all about the bass, the bass, no tribble. Oh. <laughs> There was happening. Yes. I've been hanging out with Dan for too long. <laughs> oh, I thought magic. it was funny. <laughs> I, really, I really need to drink more if we're going to do this. <laughs> oh, you don't? <laughs> Come on. Uh, buffer time. We find out buffer time. That's usually something Bill does all by himself, but on the Cerritos, it's completely a different story. Wow. <laughs> Jack Ransom is jacked. Someone <laughs> likes his shake weight. Most definitely. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> We have a nice little great bird of the galaxy perched on a Boimler statue at the mm-hmm. end. So, hey, there's the gene. Uh, poor O'Brien. His, his statue is behind the transporter control. It's just like that's the dude's life completely. It's like, oh, my goodness. And then what I found was kind of very interesting in this episode is that there were a lot of non-Trek references So we've got spilled acid eating through deck plates, a la Alien or Aliens. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ransom does the Henry Cavill fist reload from Mission Impossible Fallout. I dug that. Uh, Vindor Ransom fight is very Hulk Thor from Ragnarok. Yep. Yep. You know, we got that. And then when Ransom is fighting, he pulls the double fist punches. As described by the lovely and talented New York Times bestselling author Dayton Ward in his Kirk Fu manual, which you can find in many locations and buy it now because I dig it. I love that book. So there were just a lot of cool things in this episode that I found. It's like they, they keep referring back to Trek, but now they're bringing in other stuff, which if, if you're a geek and you're nerded out on something and it comes up, you're like, oh, my God, these writers are on top of stuff. Anything else that you guys saw that I missed? 
I gotta say, I love the alien reference. I thought that was great. I was I was very happy with that one and the Ragnarok. I really dug the Hulk Thor thing uh, with the Kirk punches. Uh, I yeah, good stuff. And and you're right. The, for them to be bringing genre other genres into the episodes and making those those little you know nuance. Uh, dialogue or, or, or scenery or whatever. I think it's, it really shows how these writers are doing. Bill, what were you going to say? I, I was really loving the overabundance of 47s on screen. And I, I meant to go back and count them all. And I wish I had because it seemed like in every shot with a clock somewhere in the background or even in the foreground, there was a 47 going on. So I'm sure that made Dr. Trek very happy. I know it made me very happy. But uh, that was probably one of my favorite little things. And plus, I got to say, those aliens, damn, what great graffiti artists. And <laughs> apparently, they? phasers are really great tools for yes. everything. I yeah. love that anti-graffiti graffiti, uh, setting on the <laughs> yeah, phaser. Yeah. Yeah, that was Kill, very cool. Kill, stun, Done. anti-graffiti. Anti-graffiti. Yeah. Yep. It's perfect. Absolutely. And yeah, we got we got new, right? Before sorry, you jump in, sorry. Yeah. We get new aliens. The Gowrakians, you know? That yeah. very interesting. A little bit of Voldemort and a little bit of somebody who's had one too many facelifts and they shave behind their ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because if you read any of the Star Trek novels, there was a two-book series that came out in TNG called Gem World, and it was about a planet. And I'll have to go back and see if it's the same name of the aliens, because um, if it is, I'm going to call Mike McMahon and, and, and buy him dinner or something, because that would be a great tie-in to the novel. So well, You have his phone number? I don't. I have no, no. I have, <laughs> you have nothing. Idea. I have nothing and like it. Sarah, what about you, Sarah? Anything? Oh, hi. Oh. <laughs> I was, I, I got nothing. I think you guys know me well enough that when it comes to this, I am like, I watched it three times and I'm still like, oh gosh, I'm just trying to catch up. I'm, I'm just glad I remembered who Miles O'Brien was. Who? <laughs> that's right. That's Mills. right. Because I, I totally missed the alien thing. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that when it happened. And I love alien. So yeah. I get it. I did think that the the episode in general and the the plot story of them on the on the planet was very had a galaxy quest kind of feel to it. it yeah. just, yes. just, yeah. it just really did, and I just love that. It's just a good good story. One of the things that I one of the things that I liked is in the future at the end when the when the teacher was talking to the kids there were a couple Ferengi there was a Borg, Borg. it looked like a Borg, there was a yep. Borg. Um, as well as some humans mixed in so I thought so the Federation's come a long way in the future I guess yeah oh. I, I hear you Sarah on that when they're galaxy questing it on the planet it's like when they fall back why don't they fall back into the shuttle. <laughs> the Yosemite. It's little, yeah. The Yosemite shuttle. The Yosemite. Yeah. The Yosemite shuttle is the only one that gets used a lot, man. You gotta exactly. get out of here before those things kill Guy. <laughs> I Guy have Fleetman. no last name. <laughs> but that's it from the cornea corner, y'all. You got eyes like an eagle, dude. That's mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Ha-ha, it's the bifocals. Ha-ha. Oh, that, that's true. Trivocals, binoculars, folks. We want to take a moment to give a big shout out to our dear friends over at Fansets. As always, they are the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. And as always, they are hard at work coming up with new ideas for pins of all kinds of genres, like Harry Potter, the DC Universe, Irwin Allen, and of course, Star Trek. Oh, as you all know by now, and you better know by now, When it comes to the highest quality of products and customer service, you don't need to look any further than fansets. They know that their customers expect 
and deserve the very best and they do everything they can to make your experience with fansets a positive and rewarding one. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Casey. And a perfect example of that would be the latest release of the Voyager slash DS9 slash First Contact Com badge. You know, they actually received the pin a couple of months back, but they didn't like the way it came out. So instead of just selling it as is, they shipped the entire set back and had them redone to the specific look you would expect as fans of the show uh, would be reflected in their product. It's beautiful. It's available right now at fansets.com. And as always, as Sarah alluded to a few moments ago, they have great pins for all kinds of genres. Right now, you can go to fansets.com and order six different pins for the yet-to-be-released blockbuster movie Wonder Woman 84, as well as Whoa. new pins for DC, Ultraman, Batman 66, and more. The list of new pins continues to grow, Dan, and we always look forward to the announcements of whatever is on the horizon over at Fansets. Even better is that our friends at Fansets have a great offer for Discovering Trek listeners. So if you want to save 15% off your entire order at Fansets.com, enter the special discount code Lower Decks at checkout. That's Lower Decks in all capital letters with no spaces for some great savings. And don't forget, if you spend $30 or more, you're going to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. And now we've come to the portion of the show where Sarah tells us what's in the Ensign's Log, where we look at the best quotes of the week, as well as thoughts from who is truly the smartest member of this Lower Decks team. Once again, week three, Sarah, no pressure. Are you up to the task? I am. Space, the final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Hit it. Thanks for that, Bill. I had to mute you earlier because my stomach's starting to growl so loudly. So if you can hear that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Wow. <laughs> um, I just had another coffee. So I'm all like, yeah, let's just get on to this. Okay. So for this section, as you know, I like to find some of my favorite quotes. And I think I'm kind of going to just say, like, I'm going to have my top three quotes, but I'm also going to pull out some of my favorite one-liners because some of them, they're not really like worthy of being a top quote, but they're just really funny. Like if it made me LOL, which not a lot of shows really do, then I'm putting it down. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. and classic, classic example of this would be right early on at the opening. This next song is called Requiem for a Hug. <laughs> it just kind of gives you a little bit of an insight as to why Boimler maybe is the way he is, and he's constantly looking for a little validation. Uh, so I, I thought that was really funny. And of course, uh, I'm going to dance in your blood. <laughs> Mariner with that parting shot, which left number one a little, you know, intrigued. I'm, uh, I'm really liking that little story, storyline mm-hmm. that might be mm-hmm. developing somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, that I have to give mention just to that great line at the end about the most important, por- the most important person in Starfleet history. Chief Miles O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I yeah, saw baby. that, yeah. I let out like a woo, like, yes, <laughs> that was such a good one. But when it comes to my top three quotes, number three 
Goes to my favorite character. Congratulations, you look like an effing scratching post. <laughs> <laughs> that bedside manner is flawless. I would be there every day for a checkup if I got a banter back and forth with Dr. Is it Dr. Tana? Is that right? I think it's Ta'ana. Ta'ana. Okay, here we go. Obviously, I'm not sure. I'm not though. allowed to say she's my favorite if I don't even know her name, but <laughs> Yeah. Um for number two, Mariner. What am I, Kirk? Is this the 2020 or 2260s? Yeah. Uh, that was just such a great line because it shows for a character who says that Starfleet isn't important. She knows a lot about Starfleet history. And we've yeah. seen this now in more than one episode of references right. to great names. So that's why I threw that one in there. And number one. This is my favorite quote of the episode because I saw it early on in the trailers and everybody's been quoting it and saying it. Space, the funnest frontier? So that's Boimler <laughs> having a time doing all the work. And I just thought that was just a cute play on words. It's it's a quotable quote. It's going to be everywhere. And that's why I picked it for my number one. What about you guys? Bill, let's start with you this week. Oh, well, thanks. No pressure. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. Um, I, you covered a lot of mine. I, I like the bit where Ransom starts to go into his speech. And I love how he, he tells Mariner in the, in the jail cell, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm writing the speech. Just, you know, give, give me a second. <laughs> like, I have to come up with this great, you know, oration to get out of here. And then uh, I, I think it's probably the funniest scene of the week to me. Um, you could ask me for quotes, but Dan knows that I'm well past remembering any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Casey? Oh, uh, I, I I dug a few things. That, there's one, you know, with Rutherford saying, you know, swords and spears. How'd these guys get on board? And I was like, right. In this whole episode, you know, like, you have phasers. <laughs> Use them. Yeah. Come on. And then some more from Ransom where he's all, you always speak freely. No one can stop you from speaking freely. <laughs> and it goes, that just goes to the character that everybody no, as Mariner, or has dealt with her in some way that's like, yeah, she she is her own person and not being stuck in a corner or a cube. Ooh, a cube. I like that. Um, I got to say, Sarah already talked about it, but I love that. I'm going to dance in your blood. That's just, I think that one is hilarious. But at the very beginning, Mariner had my other favorite quote of the week. It's that when uh, Boimler completed his little uh, uh, song with the violin and she came up and said, hey, wrap it up, nerd. I thought that was awesome because that's what we all are. And it was like, oh, okay, great. I like it. I also did like the fact that he was, uh, it's not really a quote, but you mentioned this earlier, Casey. He was humming the... Star Trek the motion picture theme in the turbo lift. Thank you very much. Oh, um, I thought that was pretty good that they have that reference. I think that's happened once before where somebody was humming a Star Trek theme. I think it was in the first episode. I'll have to go back and look. I don't remember, but I don't remember a lot of things. So I don't know where to go with that. I don't remember who you are. You don't have to go anywhere. Okay. Love you. <laughs> you know, every week, I got to say, this is the first week we haven't had a my bones reference but we did have something that we need to get into the decon chamber for so we're gonna do that now i've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment b you know there's there's obviously lots of goop in lower decks which i think is fantastic this week no exception we had two that really stood out to me and if anybody else had any other ones let me know of course puke is is very relevant in lower decks we've seen it every week vindor likes puking a lot on ransom i thought that was good vindor (laughs) puke that's very good and i gotta say 
I didn't know that a foot could bleed that much when Mariner right. got stabbed with the uh, with the spear. That was a lot of a lot of Mariner blood, leaving a good scar to look like that effing scratch post that Sarah already talked about. <laughs> any other any other goop that I missed? Because that's that's goop goop for you. Well, we uh, we had a spear wound. That's gonna oh uh, blue spear wound. Blue yeah. spear wound. That that's gonna result in some uh, some biomatter. Nice. Um, yeah. But I I, th- I think that was it. Yeah, I, I think I missed that one. It Good was job, a little, it was a little light. I think the the mariner gusher coming out of her foot <laughs> made up for everything. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not I don't dig that stuff. And I'm like, oh god, it was just. <laughs> it's like okay, we got it. She lost like 16 pints right there. There's only eight. Shut up! <laughs> they kept beaming it in, and it gets coming, come back out again. Like like tulaberry pie. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Nice Breaking Bad reference. Thank you, man. thank you. Had I been there during buffer time, I know I would have spilled a margarita, so that would have been goop. But they managed to hold their own quite well, so less goop. It was it was frozen margarita, so it could be considered goop, whether it's in the sticky. glass or not. That's all right. Sticky, yep, salty, sticky and salty goop. Who doesn't mm, like that? That's Phil and Stan. Sticky and salty. <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it is time for us to get into the turbo lift, head all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks, and discuss some of the elements of this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our friends over at Science Division. They're the makers of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection, and you can find out more at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Troubles never been this fun. So we've talked a lot of a lot of uh, different things about this episode, and I got to say, guys, I when I first saw this episode, and even the second time I watched it last week, it wasn't my favorite of the three that we've seen so far. I was kind of like ho hum on it, but I watched it about an hour ago with my wife, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's because I've had a couple of martinis or just because I knew I was going to mm. be talking about it with you guys, but I had a lot of fun with it. One of the best parts of the whole episode wasn't even the episode. It was my wife. You know when uh, there's chaos on the ship and Boimler's just finishing up something and he's walking and he's like, <laughs> and he sees the graffiti and he's just like so so concentrating on his work. My wife looks at me and goes, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I just thought that was hysterical. I'm like, yes, it is you. And I'm going to talk about that on the show tonight. So I thought it was good. He, he he's a character that I've grown to really appreciate the facial expressions that he had this week when he was getting the 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 Boimler rule effect named after him and the and kind of the just the the scrunched up face he had I thought it was great I, a lot of things in this episode were good we've already talked about a couple of them Edward Miles Edward O'Brien being the most important person in Starfleet history of course my hero and we already talked about the the graffiti removing. Uh, setting on a phaser has got to be the greatest invention ever. Ever. I hear you. I I dug that we got a little more depth into Ransom. And like we've talked about briefly a little bit, that he and Mariner seem to have this little mutual respect, infatuation thing going on or beginning there. And just that it brings more emotion and depth to the characters. I don't need to see relationships. That's fine if they happen or not, or who likes who, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that we're seeing more depth of these people and seeing like why Ransom is so dedicated about Starfleet and why rank matters to him. And that he's like, you know, hey, I, I would rather die than you go out there. This is our team, mm-hmm. and you don't see it that way. 
and that in a you know 24 minute episode that you can start to see these characters evolve in front of us in ways we haven't seen them before but also to each other does anybody think that ransom and mariner had a relationship in the past and the reason i ask that is because when they're in the jail cell and they're talking and she's showing all the scars she says what about your scars and he goes you know i don't have any scars so I kind of was like, huh, that's a little interesting. Don't know if it was supposed to be meant that way or if it's just that he's so perfect he doesn't ever get hurt. But I found it interesting. Well, I took it to mean that he always follows the rules. So okay. he doesn't yeah. have scars. Um, I, I don't know if they knew each other previously or, or maybe had some kind of uh, liaison, if you will. I think that that's what's on the verge of happening going yeah. forward. But yeah. I think that he was taking a shot at her like, you know, I'm Mr. You know, rule follower. I'm Mr. Starfleet. You know I don't have scars. I'm going to tweet yeah. out to Jerry and see what he says. Now, does he, <laughs> does Ransom know who she is? And that No, her- I don't think so. I don't no, think so. I don't think so either, which makes it even better if something had happened or potentially could happen. That's, and that still remains a mystery. That's right? a great question. So you guys all think that nobody but the captain knows that it's her daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that would change everything. Everything. How yes. people treat Mariner okay. to, to suck up to the captain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sarah, what did you think? Uh, we've talked a lot about the episode. Anything uh, else you want to add to the conversation? Um, sure. I, I I loved the the flirtatious arguing between those two characters. I'm all for it. That like just hooked me in 100%. The thing that I found really interesting, though, is this was only episode three. And because the episode was so focused on that storyline, I found myself missing the other characters like Rutherford. And I've yeah. already developed mm. a, an appreciation for each character, which I think is not an easy thing to do with three episodes of a half hour show. And that mm-hmm. just to me says that the writers are doing such a great job of giving each character their own unique little you know, quirks and stuff that you, you want to see more of. So there you go. One of the things on, to your point that I like about what they're doing in the show, the show is lower decks and we expect it to be kind of concentrating mostly on these characters, but they're able to, to work in the senior officers quite a bit. And I think that really yeah. works. It shows a good dynamic between the two levels on the ship. So yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. What Let's about you, Let's do a Bill? spinoff show that has all the senior officers and it could be two perspectives. Oh my God. <laughs> Upper decks. Upper decks. <laughs> Comes oh on my. right after. I'm, let's do it. Let's tell somebody. <laughs> I, uh, I have two things this week. We haven't been really been doing Starfleet commendations on Discovering Trek Lower Decks, but I have one, and I'm going to issue it here, and it's to Jerry O'Connell. Um, he has very quickly mm-hmm. become one of my favorite people in the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. and Ransom has become one of my favorite characters simply just because he's badass. Uh, but he's human, and he knows that he's got failings and things he's trying to work on. But Jerry is such a super positive champion of this show that it's infectious. And his online, you know, uh, persona and, and his social media has been fantastic where Lower Decks is concerned. So yes. if we were giving out Starfleet commendations, mine this week would go to Jerry. So uh, getting on to the other thing I wanted to bring up, and I'll pose this question to you guys. Um uh, on Twitter and on our uh, our uh, Patreon supporters Discord server, um, people have brought up the fact that um, it was a little too gratuitously violent in that a Starfleet officer wouldn't stab another Starfleet officer in the foot. 
that that was perhaps a little over the top. I think that it's in line with the show. And we've seen other officers become uh, incapacitated by other Starfleet officers in the past, whether by uh, getting punched out or uh, mm-hmm. getting flipped by Sulu uh, in Star Trek for the Voyage Home or even the old Vulcan nerve pinch. So I want to see what you guys thought. And Dan, maybe we'll start with you since you uh, you get to lead off every question. Um, yeah. Were you okay with the, the stabbing of the foot? Yeah, absolutely I was. you got to remember that this is supposed to be comedy. Um, it's supposed to be things that we're not used to seeing in Star Trek, which I think is one of the things that makes this show so good. It is Star Trek, no matter how many times the gatekeepers say that it isn't. It is. I think it's good. And I actually, I liked how Ransom explained it in sickbay at the end. There was no way he was going to let her do it. So, so he was expecting to get court-martialed over it. He knew it was something he was not supposed to do as a Starfleet officer. He did it anyway to protect her. I don't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was great. I thought it worked. I think it shows what type of character Ranson is, not just the character, but what type of character he has. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with it. Try White, what about you? <laughs> you know, I have a really strict rule when it comes to my fandom. I've loved Star Trek for 30 years. And the thing I always play really strongly is I like what I like, and I don't compare Trek to other Trek. If I don't like a show or a series, it's because of something about that show and series. Nothing to do with where it fits in the universe. So mm-hmm. I came into the show with that opinion, again, of this is going to be its own thing and judge it for its own thing. And I think that the violence or the stabbing of the foot um, fit in fine to the to the story because it suits the characters and the comedy and the kind of little bit over the top that it's doing. And... Uh- Go ahead, let me ju- let me jump on in that real quick because Sarah brought up a great point. I remember seeing earlier um, in the last week or two, somebody was really having a hard time and complaining about the fact that in the first episode's first minute, Mariner stabbed Boimler with a batleth, and that would never happen. How they could be even talking about something like this in Star Trek, and and you know you just got to take in the fact that she was drunk. This is a cartoon. This is supposed to be humorous. Um, and I, I think it works. I think even that scene in the very first uh, shot of of Lower Decks really worked. And uh, how about you, Mr. Fandango? What do you think? <laughs> well, Bill, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? What? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Oh, then keep your finger on the button, you donut. Okay. <laughs> what, what is, wow, where are wow. we going today? Oh, uh, we're going everywhere, my friend. <laughs> I think in all this discussion, what you all brought up, it's really important to remember that the two of them being in that little jail cell is that they're discussing doing the wrong, wrong thing to do the right thing. And Ransom recognizes that stabs her in the foot. Now, what I also find is for everyone is that a scene a series, a movie, whatever, can be great for you and not great for somebody else, mm-hmm. and you're both correct. Yep. Right. Because it isn't, oh, that movie sucked. It's like, no, that movie sucked for you. You. And that's fine. And, you know, okay, I have no problem with that. So when when things are, are put out there of like, oh, this is great or this is crap, I go, I tend to not listen to people that say that. Unless they give the caveat of, you know, for me, this was right. blank, blank, blank. Because uh, then it's just an overgeneralization. And really, also, if people include always or never, 
I'm I'm instantly on on guard about all that. And it's a cartoon, and I I get some people may not like people being injured to be funny. I find it hysterical most of the time because I've done enough self-damage with power tools where (laughs) I come in laughing and like I got blood spurting or big old bruises from stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, check this out. So it's fine. It's fine by me. I I will say that at the times I saw the feedback, it was – constructive and very, you know, personal, not necessarily ad hominem. So I, I do take that, you know, with the, with, with the opinions, I, you know, I respect that um, because not everything's for everybody, like you say. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that this is an episode in the finest tradition of Star Trek. It is, it screams TOS to me or yeah. even some early TNG, Dan. And um, it's just, you want to talk about a love letter to Star Trek, uh, Temporal Edict is it. Well, that's why I think Mike McMahon is doing such a great job running the show. Uh, when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, he made it very clear that that this show is a love letter for his appreciation and fandom of Star Trek. And, and it's great that we've had these three episodes so far. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what's coming out. we got seven more episodes to go and seven more Woo-hoo. weeks of talking about it. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of that, Casey, what do we actually have coming up next week here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks? Long-range scan of planet complete. Next time on Discovering Trek, we'll continue how many weeks? 23 straight weeks of new Star Trek with the fourth episode of Lower Decks titled Moist Vessel. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that might be the first time, and I think it is, that Moist has been used in an episode title. But for everyone, until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts are found. Plus, now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our <laughs> podcasts, if you dare, and a lot of other perks. Boy, that unedited audio is going to be rocking this week. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> oh, my we, God. Please we don't. Want, <laughs> we want to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are truly grateful for their support. Ken Tripp, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lesque, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashion. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $100 billion. No, <laughs> at $1 a month. <laughs> that's, a, that's the Canadian amount, the $100 billion. It's yeah. pretty close. Uh, yeah, pretty close. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek, Trek Geeks podcast network. In addition to Rewind with Sarah and Haley, there's Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, the podcast and the brand new Infinite Trek, providing even more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. To find all our podcasts and where you can download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks podcast network, no one talks Trek like we do, Dan. Well, I guess uh, time's up on Temporal Edict. Anyone? <laughs> no? <laughs> right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we go back in time to avoid uh, that joke? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, the Omega, it's the Omega 13. 
There you go. It has been another great discussion, everyone. And I want to thank, as always, my friends, uh, Sarah, Casey, and Bill for joining me here. And really can't wait to get together next week as we sit down to discuss episode four, Moist Vessel. Moist. Until then, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.